You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. What's that smell? Oh, it's us. We just dropped a steaming pile of girly mags on your doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) Today, uh, if you haven't listened to girly mags before, well, uh, according to the Onion AV Club, no big deal. We are usually a sarcastic look at some of the trendiest teen girl magazines of the 90s and 2000s. Today, the show is lending its acerbic eye to the issue of teen from June 1996. And let's sift through that pile of uh, girly bags just left on your doorstep. Ooh, what's that? There's a kernel of this month in history. Uh, there's a l- couple droppings of uh, embarrassing moments. We got. We're gonna find <laughs> out what uh, what D's friendship style is. Mine's doggy. I like to sniff their butts and then chase them around. <laughs> that was last episode. A steaming pile of busted for pot. We're going to find out what's this teenage story of that. My name is James Holler. I just got back from a hotel and boy, are my nipples sore because uh, <laughs> someone took my undershirt because she ran out of clothes to wear and I was left with a basically a Brillo pad rubbing up against my nipples <laughs> on the entire way home. Uh, just all red and raw and pointy, <laughs> and they're pointing at uh, the rest of the uh, the the giggle girls, the uh, the goof troop, the silly squad, and I'm gonna introduce them uh, at two at twelve o'clock. Is oh hi, uh, I'm Lauren Presky. I recently discovered that speaking in a British accent to my father when he calls me confuses him so much he thinks he's called the wrong number and hangs up. It's <laughs> a good plan. And to my left. My name is Dee Mortimer, and I missed you guys last time. I, I wasn't here. Too. I wasn't here for that episode, but uh, I think that Josh has the voice of an angel. Yeah, and got me pretty crunked on the creek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very, very um, was entertaining to listen to that episode. You guys were super drunk. <laughs> no, not us. Hey, it's Andrea Johns here. I was also at the hotel in a retreat, so I'm feeling somewhat refreshed and relaxed your nipples are nice and soft yeah they're soft you do have a glow about you yeah because she's got a paper soft <laughs> hanes white t-shirt you want to wear that's like a nice white tee thanks rocking. there's a few stains on it you know that's just how i not when i gave it to you they weren't <laughs> they're mustard this is payback for you using her conditioner okay yeah. <laughs> all right we're getting to it i'd just like to say what up y'all behemoth and vildechias the blade of shakita is uber ongi sharpened this week as we tear through the pages of Teen, June 1996, with Zach Morris and Dylan McKay's best girl, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, on the cover. Reporting for duty, as always, is your Yelid Zahav, Young Manischewitz, a.k.a. Lil Smirnoff. You know what it is. <laughs> Rabbi Eliezer Tuffer, star performer in the 2001 Kabbalah All-Comers Comp, Salt Spring, B.C. <laughs> Never before... <laughs> People never before has digging through dusty ass magazines from 20 years ago seems so woke, and June 96 has never been as relevant as right now. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well done. <laughs> it's June 10th, 1996, and somewhere in a Mississauga ninth grade geography class, Dee Mortimer <laughs> is having her first period in first period. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche has just defeated the Florida Panthers four games to none. 
in their first Stanley Cup win. It was like their first season in the NHL, too. I was just going to ask, is that a football amazing. team? So I'm so glad. Are I you did. fucking kidding me? It's hockey. Even I know that's hockey. Oh, of course. It's not about to happen with the Vegas Knights. I don't give a shit about hockey. Just want you to know. <laughs> it is about to happen with Vegas Knights. It is. <laughs> just to, you know, for the younger people out there, typically expansion teams don't do very well until they get, you know, the, the money. They got to get the money to get the good players. Uh, if you get the money, first you get the money and then you get the power. But <laughs> Vegas got a lot of money. Vegas has a, the, probably the most money. Of Oop, shout out. Also, all of their home they games the deal with them playing a drunk team <laughs> like or hungover yeah, team. Yeah. No, there's no way you're going to like as a young hockey player you're not going to vegas and just like sitting yeah it's like when somebody comes to guest on girly mags they come and they get fucked up <laughs> actually it was oh, us Jesus that got fucked Christ, up it was us he was fine <laughs> <laughs> so obviously i just wanted to give a quick shout out to denver colorado because weed and more on that later <laughs> uh so you know what like this is a crazy world that we're living in here, and uh, you know, I just want to say that sometimes you like to relax and just unwind with some porn. But can you imagine a world where they block your bukake, where they ixnay your DP, where they banish the blowbang? <laughs> that would be a crueler world than even the one that we live in currently. In Philadelphia, in June 1996, a panel of federal judges blocked a law against indecency on the internet, saying that it infringed upon free speech. Thanks to those homies, I can upload pics of my dick so people in West Virginia or Delaware can see a circumcised brown penis. <laughs> Boing. Honestly, guys, I don't know if you guys have ever dined on Michelinas, but I would like to ask the question, where would Michelinas be without the Macarena, which was <laughs> the most ubiquitous and hottest dance smash of June 1996? Anybody remember doing anything to the Macarena other than hey. doing the Macarena? Oh, yeah, I was just doing it. Do you guys it when know it was how on. to do it? Anyone here? Was it ever not for parents? Because I remember 96 dances. It would come on. It was still considered kind of lame, even as becoming a craze. Like, you no, know, I was like, all right, the Macarena. It was like, it was already an old, lame joke, like, when it was happening. Well, it was played on the radio, like, 70 times a day for, like, six months. Yeah. So. It'd be like David Koresh doing the Macarena. That'd be, like, a 96 joke. He was dead by then. Didn't yeah, because he, he heard the uh, the uh, leaked version of it <laughs> long before it was released. I don't know any wedding DJs that even have that, like, not banned from their, like, from their list. I'm going to have to do a little sad one here, because... June 15th, 1996, was a sad day for jazz and music in general as the beautiful and legend, legendary status, Ella Fitzgerald died. Aww. Aww. It was very sad, and she was 78 years old. That's young. Rest in peace, Ella. Mm -hmm. Love you. Rip. Okay, like I had another news thing, but honestly, D looks so sad right now. But the Ella Fitzgerald <laughs> thing, I'm gonna have to go to fluff. I was first, a little bummed and out, then, and then we'll take a little U-turn and we'll do we'll do the last news thing. So some really popular movies around this time. We got the Nutty Professor. Whoop, I Eddie love, Murphy. I love Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I I I honestly now saying that though. I'm so scared that like he just did something terrible. <laughs> I know, that right? I didn't hear yeah. About. Okay. Anyways. Strip tease with Ooh, Demi Moore. Professor's about to nutty to that. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. No, I don't. <laughs> I give it up, Ben Moore. It's over. It ain't over 
attitude of Pat Professor Sage. <laughs> I'm always confusing strip tees with showgirls because I had the tendency to go to the movie store and rent them together. Ooh, <laughs> double feature. <laughs> How much time do you need? Like, I, what do you do with the other like five minutes or the other ninety minutes? What? Hey. <laughs> Porn was a hot topic around here. I had to get it where I could get it, buddy. Jumbo 85 video. minutes. <laughs> Jumbo video. I totally forgot about that. Free popcorn. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> was. The free popcorn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. I, I spit that. in that thing so many times. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? Are you a sociopath? What? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I've had a lot of rage. <laughs> <laughs> Did you work there? Are you just a fucking person coming in She didn't in even rent movies. She there. just came in to spit. Oh, hold on. I just got to pop in here real fast. <laughs> yeah. So the last bit of news that I wanted to cover here was our boy Woody Harrelson. Harrelson? Yeah. I actually, guys, just a little bit of a side note. I slept with the same person that Woody Harrelson slept with. Isn't that... That's, I know that's, who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. So you about. slept she with loved, Woody Harrelson. She loved people that smoked weed. Yeah. Clearly. Anyways, I never did this. In June... 1996, June 1st, actually, day before my birthday. Feel free to send me, uh, you know, happy birthday cards whenever you guys want. Anyways, Woody Harrelson was arrested in Lee County, Kentucky, after he symbolically planted four hemp seeds to challenge the state law, which did not distinguish between industrial hemp and marijuana. I mean, I was raised to believe that if you have a problem... You lock it away in a secret place. You keep it bottled up good and tight. And if it gets full in there, you just keep forcing the pain down and <laughs> clamping it in. Can you imagine that? How fucking long ago was that? People were fighting for Get a job, hemp. hippie. <laughs> they were fighting for hemp. It's like now, now you can buy weed in a store. Just saying, that's how you know you're white and you have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you do shit like that and you're not even afraid to get arrested. Because exactly. We will talk about know. that in a minute. <laughs> this is commonly known. Did you know that Woody Harrelson's dad was a contract killer? What? Who uh, got arrested for like the second, he got off on one murder then got convicted for life on a second murder. That makes Holy him seem kind of cool. Yeah, it makes it pretty cool, doesn't it? Shut I was it. very suddenly involved, like invested in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, Dee's like murder radar is going like, whoop, whoop, yeah. whoop. And he's pretty good at basketball. White men can jump. <laughs> if they have enough money. Welcome back to Girly Mags. We're going to jump into some embarrassing moments for you. So I was playing basketball next door with the guy I have a crush on. Everything was going great until my mom came out and told me I had a phone call. She yelled across the yard, Carrie, a boy just called but didn't leave his name. Then she said, what boy would call you? I looked at my... (laughs) That is harsh. I looked at my crush and he turned away. I could feel my face on fire. Wow, that's such a mean thing for a mom to do. That's how matricide happens. (laughs) I like like mom burns. That's like uh, the mom from Friends, like Monica's mom. Yeah. It kind of just reminds me of like that kind of temperament. Super passive aggressive. Lauren's yeah. favorite topic, friends. Sounds more like Rachel, something Rachel's mom would pull, but. <laughs> but like, look at how she turned out. She turned out into like someone who's overachieving and just like, you know, she, she tries to get everyone's approval. That's healthy. But at the same time, that mom might not have been actually trying to insult her daughter. She might have been, it's a classic mom burn. Yeah. True. And True. moms can be funny too. Yeah. 
So can dads. I, uh, part of being a teenager is being embarrassed by your parents. And when I was 12, my dad dropped me off at a Y dance, like a YMCA dance, in our janky rattling car, and then proceeded to honk the horn really loudly in the parking lot and shout out the window as he was driving away, have fun bebopping. And like everybody <laughs> turned around and was like, whose dad is that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. I had a really embarrassed moment at a teen dance where I got a boner while da- while dancing with this girl, Ashley Birmingham. Then she told everyone I got a boner. <laughs> and it became like an international summit on like everyone talking about how I got this boner. Like, isn't that what you're supposed to? It's not like what you're supposed to do, but it happens. They wrote a whole next wrote a whole song about it. <laughs> how long? How long do they talk about it for? Like it was really like it was like a day and it was like the <laughs> hot dogs around the schoolyard <laughs> a day An international summit of one day and i never wore like track track pants worth a thing right or adidas like snap-up pants you wore them to they're a called dance. tearaways you'd get a boner <laughs> and that was the thing you can't you can't wear those but i was wearing jeans i don't know Wait, she could still your fill your boner fi- she was this, yeah what about your parents she <laughs> was a bigger girl and there was a lot against me like up close so there was a lot more going, like touching that area than like normal. So it just really rubbed against me. Honestly, I'm calling bullshit on this story. It's like, <laughs> this has nothing to do with your parents. It's any fucking excuse for this guy to talk about his boner. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's called boner. I hope you guys see this. I was referencing off a dance. There was definitely a segue. Well, I'll I'll go off your boners and talk about the time that James sneezed and threw out his back, and I had to help him into a tub and What's like give him anything, give Not him a sponge bath, and then he got a boner while I was giving him a sponge. Bath. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross. very natural. Aww. I'm actually wearing a shirt I bought in 1996 from Stitchers. It's South Pole Stitches, and uh, it's a different story. Never heard of it. Um, I remember stitchers. It's different than vintage shopping. It's just like <laughs> having something for like 30 years. Yeah. I uh, and then I had this. I, I bought two <laughs> shirts because I got this this girl this friend of my cousin or no this friend down the street, uh, his cousin brought this hardcore German rave music like on a double CD and it was like like not like it was rave like like happy hardcore shit like it wasn't happy it was German they don't know what happy means but uh so I got really into rave so I bought this shirt and a shirt that sadly lost it was a golf shirt with silver sleeves down the arms first day I wore it walked down the street I'm all like cool and then I walk down the street and then I hear from a a play yard hey raver (laughs) and they chased me up a hill Kids Aww. fucking I, suck. I hate them. I hope they're better now. I hope their parents embarrass them still. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they do. If your parents have embarrassed you, please tell us about it. We love when you send us embarrassing moments. Mm-hmm. I'll bleep out the f- part. I'll bleep out the f- part. I leave that part in and be like, I'll bleep out that f- part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, actually, a reference to bleeping out. F- uh, there's a rap song called uh, by Gucci. Uh, it's called Gucci Time by... Schooly D, I think. This could be fake news. But he's like, uh, it, no, it's called I Don't Like Rock and Roll. And he goes like, uh, he goes like, that's so cold rockets, a thing of the past. And all you long hair f- can kiss my bleep. And they bleeped out ass and <laughs> left in f- Jerks. That was the world back then. It's the world now too, probably. 1996. It was a weird time. 
I don't know. Should I tell my little embarrassing story? Sure. sure. To your parents? Yeah. Then yes, please. Yeah. So <laughs> I used to live in a house with like seven people, and I lived far away from home. Uh, I lived in Vancouver for a few years. Um, and we had answering machines back then. And like any time somebody would like check the messages, every single time there would be a message from my mom that went something <laughs> like this. Beep. Roy, it's mommy. I love you very much. I miss you. Please call me. Call me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Okay. Call me. I love you very much. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's the cutest. Like, listen, I love my mom. For me to hear that, that's like music to my ears. I don't want to get it twisted or anything. But for just other random people to keep hearing it they would ra- they would just razz me about it all the time i can see how that would happen but that's actually the most adorable thing i've ever heard hello no one is available to take your call please leave a message after the tone one teen comes Clean. 17-year-old Nicole smokes pot once, is given a small amount of marijuana and a pipe, which she keeps in her car for months, forgotten. There's a drug problem at her school, so the two cops that have physical offices there pull her out of class and ask her to open her car door, saying they saw a seed on the floor of her car. (laughs) They find the bag of pot, a pipe, and proceed to question her for five hours about who she knows, what drug she does, tell her pot is a gateway drug to dope and crack, that her career will be ruined, threaten her with a criminal record and expulsion, and tell her she's going to have to go to court for charges of possession. She ends up having to do 24 hours of community service and could have been subject to car searches or drug tests by police at any time. This may sound familiar to you because it's every episode of Scared Straight where they pull troubled kids into jail and yell at them in an effort to pee their pants and scare them from their potential future lives as drug addicts and criminals. <laughs> Four hours. Like one Five. Five. I don't give a shit. Don't talk to the cops. And then her mom came. <laughs> I love that's the message you got and from that. Never talk. There's don't no help to talk to the cops because, mm-hmm. like, they like just. And her mom comes and like they had her in there for four hours. If I was her mom, I'd be like, "You fucking grilled her for four and a half and didn't, hours, yeah, and yeah. didn't charge her with anything. What the fuck?" And you if they guys? were not able to get a hold of her parents, they should have not been continuing to talk to her without someone there. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I would also be like, if I was, I would like smack my dog. So they like, don't talk to the fucking cops, you snitch. Oh Honestly, it's kind of dumb, though. You have the luxury of saying that, not to bring this up again, but if they were, like, a teenager of color, they'd be in the fucking slammer, like, right away. Yeah. Right? That's like what happens. I don't think it's that wild of an assumption to make that this girl is white. They give a visit, like, they give, like, a... Here's the description. She has big like un- green eyes and long, sandy blonde hair. She white. Yeah, she's <laughs> also, like, the complete, like... The, the article goes through like all the things that she went through and like the whole like legal process that she had gone through and the other reason why I'm going to flat out say she is white is the complete lack of discrimination at every turn of that legal process whereas we know that's not a f- like the freedom or like any- something that's afforded to a lot of other people. Yeah, I think that's an important disclaimer, especially when you're digging a, a 20 year old magazine out. Like, you gotta feel this like art- yeah. the new wave spin on that shit. I yeah. don't also think that there is a lot of new wave spin. I think this continues to happen. Exactly. 
Obviously, it's like, not over. It, uh, this article could be called "I Can't Believe It Could Happen to a White Girl." Well, and the thing, the, I mean, I was busted in high school for pot, and two drug dogs came through the. the I had an ounce of weed in my locker, which was way more than the seed that or whatever that was on her floor. And my favorite teacher was like, like they called my name over the announcements, which is embarrassing enough. And then there was two drug dogs outside of my locker. Did they have someone like with them? Or yeah, they, they had a police officer and my favorite teacher. And I was like, fuck. And then they opened it, found the weed and then tried to make me go to drug counseling and like said, if I didn't, that they would, it would be on my criminal record. And this was in 2000. So it wasn't, it was only a couple of years after this article Years later, I ended up smoking weed with that teacher. Oh, my God. Well, that's good. <laughs> I was in a radio system. head. By the way, band. this is bullshit because, like, 16, your things are, like, once you turn 18, everything under 16 is, like, sealed for, like, those things. So to threaten someone with, like, this is going to go on your permanent criminal record, you never get a job. It's not true. This person was 17, so above Yeah, yeah she might have been that's tried as an adult. <laughs> I definitely lucked out for the from the Young Offenders Act. Yeah, I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to see like the devastating impact that the war on drugs has had on like many marginalized communities. It's ripped families apart. It's led to like mass incarceration of and oppression and torture of marginalized groups. It's perpetuated harmful stigmas and myths regarding people with mental health and physical health problems um, that we're still grappling with today. But I think to speak what, to what Lauren had summarized um, so well in the article is that I think this article really speaks to like that scaring kids straight mentality using myths and tactics that we know for a fact just aren't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we're seeing it like uh, there was a, a, an article in Teen Vogue that talked about dispelling pot myths of like um, what they do to people. And a lot of it was just like using, like they're saying like, you know, weed is a gateway drug and we know that it's not. We know that in many instances it's an end, like an end gate drug. Yeah. And it's like used <laughs> by people it's used by people to help with like pain and it's used to people by people to help with like anxiety related to like, you know, sleep disorders and like PTSD and war veterans and stuff like that. Like we know it's not a gateway drug. I don't know. I heard one time someone got high off the devil's lettuce and they thought (laughs) they thought they were microwaving a burrito, but it was actually their newborn baby. Oh my God. I remember remember that. Yeah, I but I mean, it's myth. crazy because you you think that it's a gateway drug, but then at the same time, governments have not not only legalized but profited off things like alcohol sales, which yeah. have actually an even more devastating and shortly on. will it's be gateway to fucking a couple of cheeseburgers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a gateway to joining drum circles and wearing no <laughs> shoes, <laughs> which is terrible and harmful. Well, and it's you also take that over fucking drinking a Miller Light. No offense. <laughs> and I think that like you know the whole um like the whole uh, uh, you know, like the grilling from like, you know, three different people in the legal profession, like two cops and like another, you know, drug guy, I think. What is like called? a narcotic specialist. Yeah, like a narcotic specialist without a parent present. And like, I think that, you know, you know, doing the whole thing where it's like, you know, this is going to lead to you doing crack. This is going to lead to you never getting a job. And it like kind of just speaks to this idea that like weed somehow makes you like a bad, lazy person, which we also know is not true. And uh, <laughs> just joking. Not a bad person. It's it can lead you to be a lazy person. Yeah, in certain situations. <laughs> so lazy. I know people 
that have like smoked weed five times in their life and they're like almost 40 and they're up there with like the laziest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah, that has nothing life, to do with the weed. So. Like they're just <laughs> it, lazy yeah. as it hell. It can exacerbate it. Exacerbate. I had a roommate <laughs> who smoked a lot of pot and it led to him wearing Jordan shorts every day and eating a lot of sweet chili heat Doritos. <laughs> but I think the whole like the whole, you know, stigma towards like people who smoke weed and like make, that they're like, you know, lazy, bad people. Yeah. You know, that's something that's like if you look back at, you know, if we talk specifically about like Nixon and the war on drugs, like it, he, he had he used weed and he used drugs to demonize black people mm-hmm. and hippies because he had a problem with anti-war sentiment and he had problems with black people and so he found this thing and then he used it to just demonize entire populations of people what was the name of the guy who was the original head of the dea who like justified the expense to his department by demonizing jazz musicians who smoked weed and he uh, he persecuted them and just used it as a way to like get more funding for his drug department. Yeah, because yeah. it's based the, on that. If the U.S. spends fifty one billion dollars annually on initiatives related to the eradication, prohibition, and incarceration related to drugs, that means people that have small amounts of possession of drugs can be going to jail for years. And for what? Yeah. yeah. For and now you years. think. And now you think with them legalizing, will that le- lead them to free people who spent years at, who are in jail on drug charges? Now that you legalize, now all these people, these people who never smoke weed, I sound like a like a like a person on like talk radio. <laughs> these people who never smoked weed in their <laughs> lives are now going to capitalize that these venture capitalists. <laughs> are now looking to make millions of dollars off something that people used to spend now get 20 years in jail yeah, for. Exactly. I just can't cotton to that, people. I just can't cotton to that, listeners. Condone. Now these, these people have, like, their fucking whole families ruined where and criminal records that are there for the rest of their fucking lives. And the same people, there's, like, ex-cops fucking retiring from the force just so they can get into, like, the weed game. It's fucking ridiculous, people. <laughs> yeah, you can't, I mean, if you're going to, like, if we're going to talk about, like, decriminalizing and legalizing cannabis and, like, weed and stuff, you can't do that and not talk about how we need to pardon a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, still people's families, like, completely broken. They need yeah. to look at both, and I actually don't know if they are years. looking at that. I don't think they are. I think they're, I think they're, they're still they're starting to realize they have to, yeah. but I think that they, there was like, they weren't going to, they weren't going to initially give pardons to anybody. So when California, um, well, cause they still haven't completely legalized weed, but they're in the process of doing it. They started a, po- a pilot project in Oakland, um, which had a high rate of incarcerated offenders because of pot. And they set it, they have a thing where they're going to set aside 50% of the licenses for cannabis like stores or whatever to like have them for people who basically were affected by incarceration or pot related offenses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a bit of a step in the right direction, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you incarcerated people for years and years, broke up their families. And it's like, here, here's a license. So you can do this thing that you went to jail for, but legally. Well, yeah. speaking of licenses, all these pot clinics that have opened now, for people just like want to run away with that money because like it's an illegal gray area with them getting busted they pay the people who work behind the counter minimum wage mm-hmm. and they're getting bu- they're getting threatened with there's a lot of because they can't they have a lot of money on premises a lot of like armed robberies so these people are putting their lives at risk these people who are 
making all these money off these pot clinics, paying the minimum wage, and when they get busted, the people who are working behind the counters get in trouble with like lots of fucking legal problems, and they're, they're just the people who are running these clinics just like fly by night, buy it, make all the cash they can, and then clo- if it closed down, they'll open up somewhere else. Yeah. So there's a, a really big difference between what's the legalization of drugs and the decriminalization of drugs. And while uh, you know Ontario, for instance, and other parts of Canada have legalized or will be legalizing the sale of it so that the government can profit greatly from the sale of it, they haven't yet, uh, as a... As country Canada has not yet decided to decriminalize drugs which means that they're they haven't looked at reduced control and penalties um, you know compared to the existing laws for possession so the proponents of drug decriminalization usually support the use of fines or other punishments to replace prison terms and so when people are uh, caught with small amounts of drugs, they'll just be fine, but they're not going to receive a permanent criminal record as a result. And part of that, a big part of decriminalization is harm reduction. And what we're looking at now when there's no decriminalization, it's a very, it's a zero tolerance approach that if you have something, you're going to jail for it. And there's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of looking at um, other ways to tackle the issue. Portugal was the first country that decriminalized for the possession of small amounts of drugs uh, in 2001. And that was specifically in order to combat combat their heroin crisis. And they completely eradicated criminal penalties for drugs um, and massive amounts of, um, well, not for selling, but Mm -hmm. for possession, massive amounts of resources went into treatment and harm reduction. And Portugal shifted drug control from the Justice Department to the Ministry of Health and instituted a robust public health model for treating hard drug addiction. So if you, you're, you know, you, the results that came from that, HIV infections caused by drug use dropped by over 90%. Uh, they now have the lowest drug mortality rate in Western Europe. And in the end, it actually costs less to treat people with addiction than it does to imprison yeah, them. of course. And, you know, especially with things, small things like weed, where, in my personal opinion, is not an addictive drug. Marijuana <laughs> is not a drug. I used to suck dick for coke. I seen them. Now that's an addiction, man. You ever suck some dick for marijuana? Yeah. No. At all. Like, yeah. what are you doing? How are you helping people by punishing them for something that's not may not be causing harm? To so them? what you're yeah. saying is they've done this with the Portuguese, and we do it to the Canadian geese. <laughs> that's oh exactly God. what I'm saying. Fuck <laughs> the Canadian geese, though. Honestly, the American oh, geese shit on everything. People, it's terrible. People. People honestly uh, like just underestimate just like the way that the war on drugs really fucked with a certain demographic, like namely yeah. just like people of color in the United States, like poor people. It's, it's, it's all almost like fake. It's like a fake law that's like established by someone who really doesn't want drugs eradicated as badly as they want it's meant yeah people of color eradicated it's meant don't and it's real like i'm not just fucking talking on my ass it's not a no, conspiracy it's zero theory. tolerance laws well, watch 13 off of fucking netflix if you don't believe me so much this shit's of real police department funding and the dea and the fbi and the canadian equivalents i don't know what they are but uh, are th- a lot of them come from like a lot of that funding comes from fighting drug crime. And if that if, if that becomes legalized, they lose so much of that funding. So there's a huge vested interest in keeping this going. Mm-hmm. Well, prison yeah. industrial complex, yada, yada. Do you know how fucking painful it is to not be able to say anything funny 
at all on this podcast. Like, <laughs> I made the Portuguese joke. I thought that serious. was pretty funny. Well, it's, it's yeah. okay to be serious about this because it's a serious issue. Exactly. It hurts me. There's a really good uh, book that I read called The Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari that's basically about the entire war on drugs. And they talk about Portugal as a model and Switzerland with the heroin mm-hmm. clinics. And like you would said, shifting it from the Justice Department to the Health Department. because, And I think that's exactly – this can be used as a model for – not like weed is just one step and it's taken them so long to get here, but they should use it as a model for other drugs because they're having an opioid crisis. It's another thing. I might be big, but why do we have a justice department and we don't have a social justice department? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we laugh, we laugh at that, but I mean, it's like really fucking true. true. Um, you know, you can't, you can't, decriminalize or legalize pot without pardoning those who have suffered under the previous system and you can't just say you're going to decriminalize or legalize pot and then say you've like solved everything and saved the day um you're still going to have like you're going to have people who are going to make a business and make a profit off of it now as a legal business off of doing this thing that historically resulted in and continues to result in like the mass disproportionate incarceration of so many people from socially and economically marginalized and disadvantaged people mm-hmm. so even if you have them coming out and you have them just having f- being fined what are you doing to fix the economic inequality that's happening in our in our cultures and in our communities and so you're just gonna you're gonna so you're gonna like you know pardon everybody but then you're gonna find them like that just further perpetuates a system that doesn't fucking work i think he comes out he's how the fuck is he gonna get a job exactly support you guys how is he gonna elevate your whole like familial status how is he gonna get access to education all this shit it's like a crazy ass vicious vicious cycle yeah he's probably responsible for the disproportionate level of like income in america more than you guys think it's not probable it's definite that's a fact well and the other thing like i think if if they're going to turn this around and make it into a profit because it's going to be a very profitable business it already is but it's not in the government but like alcohol yeah exactly like a certain amount of that money needs to be put back into some sort of fund that's used as healing for people who have been affected by the war on drugs well at the end of the day i think it's great i would like the money to go rather than to you know random people who don't like they're just they're, they're, like going into ta- going into the tax base i think it's we can fund programs for addicts and users and it should go to all drugs yeah i, I think all drugs should be decriminalized why find someone who's addicted to heroin and they have to hustle 10 times harder to get that fine money and also get heroin yeah. well and that's the whole thing with you when you look at like when you look at this issue and when you look at you know the criminalization of like pot and other drugs you look at it as something that is like wrong and illegal when really it should be treated as a health uh, like a like a health, a health concern crisis. a health crisis and a health like a big health concern the government should stay the fuck out of our personal <laughs> lives well bottom the line. government should maybe regulate drug use like like why they should sell drugs. Like they already sell prescription drugs, which everyone's addicted to anyway. Why not just extend that to all drugs? I want to be able to go to Shoppers Drug Mart and buy <laughs> like a bit of cocaine for the night, and it's closed at through four a.m., so I can't get any more. Yeah, and there's a nice friendly warning on the cocaine, like this could really <laughs> fuck your night up. Be careful. I you don't might do have the cocaine, shits but. tomorrow. You know, that would be good. Also, like, so so you get a heroin fine. 
And then isn't that like, you're not going to pay that fucking fine. And then you have a warrant out for your arrest because you didn't pay your fine and you're in the fucking system. Yeah. Also, I don't want to, I want to also say having a criminal record is a bigger like stress on you both emotionally and physically than smoking weed or doing drugs. Yeah, totally. Not being, having a criminal record, having a permanent record for minor drug charges stops you from accessing social like social um assistance it's like way it, worse. it stops you from getting a job it stops you from getting a bank it loan if that's what you ostracizes you, you from society exactly it is a convicted criminal remarkably yeah. worse than having two different fonts on your resume yeah <laughs> <laughs> it really that is what note. if you wait no your name should be in a different font than the then the <laughs> James, this is why you don't get jobs. I'm sorry. Am I <laughs> fucked up? Like, this is why okay, it's not because you have a criminal record because you smoke pot. It's because you use Serif and Serif. And you use like Comic Sans on your resume. You used Comic Sans in your resume. Should that's I why not you don't have use one. Comic Sans and Wingdings? Let them do a little work. <laughs> Wingdings. But yeah, by no means do I want to make this into something where I don't think it should be legalized at all because obviously that's not the case. I think that legalizing and decriminalizing means that we get safer product in. But we also really need to give a fuck about what current social frameworks both within the legal system and outside of it are need to be torn down completely and rebuilt back up so that there's equality across the board Mm -hmm. and I don't mean wiping the slate clean with regards to like shit that's gone on in the past with regards to marginalized communities but at the very least if you're gonna like if you're going to legalize uh, pot and decriminalize pot there has to be there has to be a, f- a framework in place to support that and to support the people who have been traumatized by that system. No. If, if you're a fucking asshole, you might say, "Well, they did it when it was illegal. They broke the law." That's being pedantic. That's Why ridiculous. Why are you a fucking asshole about it's it? Sorry, but that's stupid. like looking at other victimless crimes, like sodomy law. Like yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It's 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 outdated. It's not effect. It's not um, a reflection of today and how people. If you want to deal have with equality, yeah, like have as much butt sex and smoke, smoke, smoke as much pot as you want. Too, if so. you if you yeah. take anything in this segment, it's let's all smoke pot and sodomize each other. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's go smoke a joint. Yeah. 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 So much for the radio. Everybody sounds the same. Everybody wears the same clothes now, and everybody plays the game. Copycat, 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 They say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, but it's also plagiarism. <laughs> And unless you possess some sort of X-Files type ESP, copying people's ideas is not really that cool. We have a little letter here in the magazine that, you know, is going to spark some very interesting debate. And it goes something like this. I have a friend. She copies all that I do. The way I walk, the way I speak, the way I sit, the way I write, the way I hold my pen. She even copies the way I stand. I mean, sometimes even I copy people. Sometimes I'll come to the podcast rocking a Tupac shirt, (laughs) trying to get a little bit like Prusky, you know? (laughs) But otherwise, I do respect and admire originality. There is one thing about originality that we have to kind of understand before we go any further, though. 
is anything really original? You know, if you have the same interests and you're drawing people into your circle that have those interests, is anyone really copying each other? Everyone and has influences, you know? It's like there's nothing that comes out of completely left field. Like, uh, you need to try and think of a... Mu- uh, a be- name me a musical group, and I will name what their influences are. <laughs> Literally every white rock and roll group from the <laughs> 60s and, like, well, like the Rolling Stones just completely ripped off like yeah. uh, rhythm and blues. They yeah. were ve- basically like rap fans like nowadays. Yeah. Like Eminem. Like they were basically the Eminem of the 60s. They listened to like rhythm and blues music and then they did their like white guy take on it. Yes. Are there any famous copycats or battles between like people shirking? I'm sure there's like a lot there's of a re- rap Circle. There's definitely a lot in the rap in the rap game. There's a lot of like people take like stealing people's beats. Like, someone will mail someone a beat, and then they'll just, like, copy it or whatever, or the, someone will hear another beat, and just, like, they'll get their producer to, like, w- like note for note copy it, and you hear, like, the two juxtaposed. They it's sound called, exactly the it's same. It's called biting, and then I s- mentioned biting, and Angie didn't know what I was referring to. <laughs> Wasn't there, like, Sharks! A- <laughs> Wasn't there, like, a big uh, thing with, like, Vanilla Ice stealing Queens, uh, like, beginning for, like, Ice Ice Baby? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was. And uh, just recently, anytime, anytime, either like Queen or Vanilla Ice come on with those two songs, I don't know in the beginning which song is which. There is, there actually is a difference. There was a famous Mm. court case with that with that song where it was like, no, theirs goes dun 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 dun, and mine goes dun 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 dun. dun." Yeah, it's like that was the court case. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Marvin Gaye, Robin Thicke. For that Blurred Line song, they just ruled in Marvin Gaye's, like, estate's favor, and he uh, has to pay, which is funny, because the first time I heard that song, I'm like, is this Marvin Gaye, like, unreleased? And first he said, Robin Thicke famously said, I co-wrote that song. And then when it looked like he was losing the case, he said, I was on Vicodin the whole time. I didn't write anything. <laughs> That's a great Fucking excuse. I hate that I guy. mean, there's so, many, there's so many examples of that recently. There's Sam Smith with uh, Won't Back Down. He had, like, Sam Smith had some song. I actually forget what the name is, but it was plagiarized uh, from Tom Petty, Won't Back Down. Yeah, and that's I what I was just like, thinking. I'm like, by the time you get, yo, like, by the time you get to this phase in music, there's only, there's such a finite, like, number of notes that, you're gonna fucking run into, and it's not just music though; it's everything else. What does the article say about what it means when people copy you? All I'm saying is, there's a few things you know to kind of keep in mind here. If you feel like someone has plagiarized your ideas, and you're gonna run into this, any creative person is gonna run into this time and time again in a like a free sharing internet world. Okay, so you have to be a little bit proud because somebody's taking your ideas, right? It's like if someone stole an idea from Girly Mags, I'd be like, yo, they're stealing this idea because Girly Mags kicks some motherfucking 
but that's like one. That's only one feeling that that we should that like you know that you can kind of take into consideration. There's a lot of you know not potential reactions, but there's a lot of kind of branches on the tree as far as how to go about you know feeling a certain way when someone fucking steals your shit. So it's like yeah, you can enjoy that most sincere form of flattery. Uh, you also have to kind of take responsibility for yourself. It's like, did you, you have to really ask yourself, did you come up with the idea in question? Was that your original idea? Or are you just like riffing off of someone's idea and then someone's riffing off of your idea? That's sort of the cultural milieu. Is that my fucking re like using that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, word? Yes. Whatever. So yeah, that's kind of like a thing that just happens uh, time and time again. Just like that song we introed with, that sounded a lot to me like a Smith's guitar line. Rowie, speaking of impersonation, didn't you, you just did a dead-on impersonation of, uh, of uh, the Smiths? Uh, how would they react to finding out that uh, like the Cranberries stole their guitar line? Can you do your dead-on uh, Smiths impersonation for us? Oh, what the fuck, man? This is fucking, this is fucking, <laughs> this is the, the uh, guitar line that you came up with. What the fuck, Johnny? Hey, Johnny Ma, it's me, Morrissey. I'm just trying to tell you I was listening to this Cranberry song. Sounded a lot like Fucking exactly, guy. And it makes sense when you're young and you're in high school. People copy each other because they're trying to find their identities. Poser. And yeah. then you find a peer group amongst that, like. That you have similarities with. Yeah. Yes. You hang out with those people and, and it actually makes you feel more confident because other people are validating things and you're all doing the same stuff. I remember there was a time in high school when I was standing around in a group with all my friends and I noticed that I had had a, I had a tongue ring and I noticed that every <laughs> single one of my friends was playing with their tongue ring and I was like, that's it. I'm taking this fucking thing out of my mouth because like I have no identity anymore and it's no longer something that can define me and i mean you should always strive sounds hot bunch of <laughs> girls playing with their tongue rings you should always strive to be independent and strive to be creative in your own way and nod to the things that influence you but make sure that you're doing the, your best on your own there's some famous copycats here james cameron yeah, the Titanic happened before he even <laughs> thought of that movie. <laughs> Joe Biden. Joe Biden, not the first white vice president. Keep going. <laughs> Don't give us context, just give us the name. Vanilla Ice. Uh, he originally copied Italian ice's flavors. <laughs> you got the first ice flavored that was vanilla. Ray Parker Jr., he copied, he copied Ghostbusters. No, Ray Parker Jr. got Ghostbusters. By, he copied sorry. Huey Lewis in the news. I want a new drug. Oh, yeah, the two sounds sound fuck songs sound fucking exactly the same. Like exactly the same. Ray Parker Jr., shout it to him. Fucking amazingly gifted guitar player. His credits in the studio, amazing L.A. session musician, as well as the composer of Ghostbusters, <laughs> which arguably <laughs> might be a better song than I want to do. Occasionally copying, the copy is better than the original. And in the chance of Ghostbusters. And famous poet T.S. Eliot, widely known as a plagiarizer. Yeah, T.S. I went to English class and I read books. I like T.S. Smelliot. <laughs> <laughs> T.S. Smelly idiot. Just try to be the best you you can be without trying to be me, goddamn bitches. <laughs> what? B.S. Smelly idiot. Double down. 
Oh, B.S. Smelliot. <laughs> Shots fired, T.S. Elliot. April is the cruelest month. Breeding lilacs out of the dead land. Mixing memory and desire. Stirring dull roots with spring rain. Do you have tons of casual acquaintances or a few friends you've had forever? Are you a true blue bud or a fair weather friend, D? Take this quiz to find out how you rate on the friendship scale. I can't wait. Me too. <laughs> What's your friendship style? Mine is be emotionally distant until everyone leaves me and then wonder, <laughs> where are all my friends gone? Mine is make uh, them feel really guilty right at the right time. Mine is make plans and then cancel until they just decide to leave me alone, which is what I want from the beginning. <laughs> Only you have really nice friends, and when you cancel on them, they're like, of course, babe, I'm there for you if you need me. Yeah, well, it took a long time to get just those friends. I yeah. wish I had those friends. Rex. My friends are like, I can't cancel and they don't care because they don't exist <laughs> i'm a drunk dial my friends at weird hours of the of the night because they live on the west coast and i'm like you're still awake awesome <laughs> <laughs> i'm just lucky that like I, I like i get to talk to people without them calling the cops at this point in my life <laughs> <laughs> your older sister who works at a radio station hooks you up with two backstage passes to an upcoming pearl jam <laughs> concert <laughs> oh my god eddie vader you a Take a girl you just started hanging out with. B, freak out over who you should invite because all of your friends are major Eddie Vedder fans, Lauren. <laughs> or C, ask your best bud to go with you. I would ask my best bud to go with yeah. me. Fine. But like, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask my daughter. Then she'd be like, don't call me daughter. Don't <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if your best Son, she said. I got a little story for you. <laughs> what you thought was your daddy. It's a whole familial thing. You got daddies, you got sons, you got daughters. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> if your best friend went overboard for a new guy, bonding with him 24-7, which we already know is she's a fucking bitch and drop her, you'd A, <laughs> go into panic mode. Her new social schedule would sink your friendship and you'd be totally lost without her. B, think nothing of it. There are other friends in the sea. Or C, be bummed, but your mutual friends would come to your emotional rescue. C, definitely. Is it, no, you missed that shit you so You were going to sing Emotional dude. Rescue. Why didn't you sing like, it? I was like, how can no one sing Emotional Rescue? Oh, I fucking love that song. Rescue. At the end of history class or geography, let's do this. At the end of a geography class, you've bled out and there are a few minutes to hang before the bell rings. You A, start talking with the girl who's sitting next to you, even if you don't know her. B, get up and move to an empty seat near friends and gab with them. Or C, stare at the clock <laughs> for what seems like an eternity. And I'm going to add this in and ignore anyone that talks to you. Or D, <laughs> crumple up some Hillary lined paper and try and use it to staunch the bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's very clear that I have like <laughs> generalized and social anxiety, so I'm not talking to strangers. Um <laughs> So I probably would, if I'm bleeding out, probably looking at the clock. <laughs> I would actually say that you'd go for the Hillary lines because you're fucking <laughs> totally established in getting your period in class and like it's nothing to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about the first time I had my period, I was mainly just freaking out thinking that if I stood up, like everybody would know. It'd be like that, that scene in The Shining with the elevators. Exactly. It would be exactly <laughs> like that. But now I'm like a little bit better and I would be I like. I thought you were going to say with 
with the two weird twins. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night and you have plans to go to the movies with a friend. At the last minute, a hottie boom body calls and invites you to a huge party. You A, say that you've already got plans to go see a movie. B, ask if your friend can go too. Or C, blow off your bud and get ready for the rager. We're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. <sighs> That party sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's like, no, I would stick to the movie for sure. Would, uh, I would actually just cancel my friend and go to the movie alone. <laughs> I have done that before. I've done that before when I just did not want to talk to humans that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, shoot me in the fucking head. <laughs> when you watch the show Friends, <laughs> you usually think, A, don't they get sick of each other? B, they're not as tight as my clique. Or C, if I only had so many buddies. <laughs> Ugh, no. Ugh. <laughs> probably don't well, they get sick of each other yeah i like that's I mean, a, not to right? influence yeah. you but no like, no, no oh. but that, i couldn't remember yeah, that's a or b. it's always like the rent thing for me i can't get past like watching it and being like how does some like two they people with that. no job they live in a fucking apartment it. in new york it's her, it's her grandmother's apartment in her grandmother's no what about chandler's control. Chandler's apartment sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a shitty two bedroom in the 90s. That's fine. Yeah, it's worth like fucking at least like $1,600 a month. Probably <laughs> double that if you count the two bedrooms because Joey lives there too and he does nothing. I think about, <laughs> He's an actor. I think about waiter. reflecting on the 90s where you could afford an apartment over near Central Park. I'm going to be real. I can't handle the fact that any of those people are friends or have <laughs> friends because they're horrible people. They're horrible also, people. I'm going like to be real, head. too. I'm starting to get fucking uncomfortable and, and, and embarrassed that I'm on a podcast that has talked about friends for this long. <laughs> I know. This is every time I talk about friends. A cool girl at school just invited you to, quote unquote, do lunch with her. You say, sure, I'll meet you at your locker or B, a group of us is going to get a pizza. Do you want to come with us? Or C, I can't. I'm going home for lunch. That I say, I always went home I for say, lunch. I say, who's lunch and what does his hair look like? <laughs> no, oh, I get it. <laughs> no, you would go and get lunch by yourself and eat it in the bathroom or at school. In, or what was that movie where a girl ate lunch in a phone booth? <laughs> That was, well, I know Mean Girls, uh, Lindsay Lohan that's, ate lunch in the bathroom. Oh, no, that's a full house. And that's uh, DJ Tanner goes and eats her lunch, or Stephanie Tanner eats her lunch in a phone booth alone. <laughs> phone booth God. is cool because it's like, please, can I turn into some sort of super fucking person and fly the fuck <laughs> out, out of here? That's true. Situation. Actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, bad. I, missed, I can't remember hope. what the question is. <laughs> so it's a cool girl asks you to do lunch. We want to invite you to have lunch with us every day for the rest of the week. You say, sure, I'll meet at your locker, or you invite her to go get pizza with your buddies, or you tell her you can't because you're going home for lunch because you need to get some hot milk from your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave off that last part, but oh, I'm probably going to go home and eat lunch alone. All right. No <laughs> Cambodian breast milk for you. <laughs> it's the last week of school, and a casual pal just asked you to sign her yearbook. How long will it take you? A, a while. You hung out with her at the beginning of the year, so it will take you a while to remember exactly what the two of you did together back then. Too much weed. B, a few minutes. It won't take you long to write. Have a great summer. Or see all day. It'll be hard to recapture all the great times your group has had together. Oh, probably be. He's like for everyone, <laughs> even a good friend. Yeah, exactly. They're like, I saved you this whole page and I wrote, who you, bitch? <laughs> I, think I, I think I remember when I would sign yearbooks in high school and only like three people got like a half page thing because we were really I only had like a few like really really close friends and then the rest of them got were just like the left like the rest of the times I signed it was just like hey remember that awesome time we had in geography when I bled out 
<laughs> I would try so hard to come up with a joke. I'd be sitting there like a writer at five o'clock in the afternoon for the scripts too, being like, oh, come on, a pun on their name, a pun on their name. <laughs> You'd probably sign write- in the middle and be like, I'm the first to sign your crack. <laughs> <laughs> I would just write, what's up, bitch? I never heard that, but it's not bad. <laughs> While your friend Sarah is having a heart-to-heart with you about her parents' divorce, she starts to cry. This legit happened to me. I was Sarah. With a Sarah? No, I was the one that was like, I she think my parents one. are divorcing. And I was crying. And my friend Tracy was like, that's too bad. And then she left and went to like gap kids. And I what was like, bitch. fuck you. All right. <laughs> your friend Sarah's having a heart to heart with you about her parents' divorce. She starts to cry. You A, put your arm around her and listen to her talk in between sobs. B, try telling her a joke to lighten up her downer mood. That is so that rude. Is rude. That is rude. James special. <laughs> or C, make up an excuse to leave as if you'd know what to say. James special too. Okay, two of those answers are, are for like awful people. Yeah. I, and I say that as a person who like, you know, has issues like, you know, bonding Com- comforting, with people yeah. and, and comforting that I'm working on right now. But like, like that's I would never leave somebody who is in emotional distress. And like, if you are not good at it, it's not hard to just sit there and listen to exactly. someone. Exactly, you don't need to fuck off. Yeah, or exactly. just like seriously, you just kids. do what I do, and <laughs> people seem to like at least it like defers it for a bit. Even if you don't want to talk about deep shit like that, you just go, bro, shots. Temporarily cured. You got at least an hour or two before they find someone intelligent. What you say is, oh my god, my parents are getting. I think my parents are getting divorced. You say, oh my god, you think it's totally your fault? (laughs) 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 You an asshole. Clearly, (laughs) I'm gonna pick A. Like clearly, because I'm not a fucking douchebag. Your parents are going out of town next weekend, and they gave you the go ahead to have some people over. Who will you invite? A, most of the school, jocks, brains, dweebs, you name it. B, your close friends and their boyfriends. Or C, your best friend and her Brad Pitt video collection or <laughs> realtor porn. <laughs> I'm going to go with D, nobody, and then just hang out by myself. Yeah, why isn't that an option? I, that's like fully my only so option. So how about nothing? Okay. Nothing. Realtor, realtor porn is a real thing though, eh? But like, we you talked know. about it last episode. <laughs> did we? Yeah. Oh, oh you fully did. did. Oh, wait, Rowie was wasted. I was so drunk. So was I. <laughs> Holy, that creek juice was That incredible. whole segment I, had me laughing all the way to work. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Yeah. She's a true blue bud. Of course she is. Whether you're shy or insecure, you stay glued to your friend's side. Why do you stick like Velcro? Because I'm codependent. (laughs) (laughs) Their rock steady support makes you feel secure. You don't have a one-sided friendship. You're both loyal pals who do anything for each other. If you want to make a new friend, though, you're going to have to loosen the bond. Cut that cord, bitch. (laughs) If she makes you feel guilty about it, though, have a heart-to-heart with her. Just say something like, I don't want to stop hanging out with you, but as a friend... You should be more accepting of me. And stop <laughs> copying me. Stop <laughs> copying every fucking thing I do. <laughs> then join groups, clubs, or sports teams that interest you because getting involved is still the best way to bust out of your shell and get your own identity. Stop copying me. <laughs> way to go, dude. I mean, I knew you would be that. What else could you be? You're nothing but a great friend. Aw, thanks, man. Yeah. I love awesome. all you guys. You're all my friends. You guys are all right. Yeah. I love it when the podcast ends with some respect on D's name. <laughs> <laughs> name for it. Strumming my pain with his finger.
So that's it for this episode of Girly Mags. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really, really, really appreciate your patronage. Um, for your daily dose of 90s nostalgia, please follow us on Instagram at girly.mags or, and or on Twitter at girly underscore mags. If you also liked what you heard, please, please find us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because we live for your validation. It's true. Your reviews make us very, very happy. Yeah. Bye, guys. Just so you know, I held back so many jokes for you. So next, ne- this episode was, was fucking fire. Let's just fucking it's also it. But the next episode is probably You can find better. maybe some of those jokes on Twitter. Twitter is our joke place. <laughs> Where Instagram was our image place. That's where our jokes go to live. <laughs> I'd like to just say shout out to. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> Bye Love forever. Bye. Bye. See you later. I heard he sang a good song. I